great. Well, now we're going to uh, look at God's word together. And whenever we do that, it's right that we ask uh, for God's help. So I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to look at God's word together. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a God who loves to and who wants to speak to us. And we pray that this morning you would be doing that as we look at your word together. And please would you teach us more and more of what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus today. We ask it in his name. Amen. Well, if you know it, finish this phrase. If at first you don't succeed... How does it end? That's right. Try, try again. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Now, in lots of areas of life, that's a really great idea. From the very first time you begin to learn to walk or talk or write your name, all the way through to learning to drive a car or starting a new hobby or job, it's a great idea to try and try again. Sometimes it takes us a while, but we get there in the end. But there are some things in life that however hard we try, however much we keep trying, we will always fail. Uh, Here's one. If you try licking your elbow, can you do that? Try it from a different angle? Can you lick your elbow? Uh, Let me tell you, if you can, you probably need to go to hospital quite quickly. You've probably broken something. You're not meant to be able to lick your elbow. And really, it doesn't matter how much you keep trying or how hard you try, You're just never going to manage to lick your elbow. There are some things in life that however hard we try, we will never succeed. We will continue to fail at them. Well, what about this one? Living for Jesus. If we love Jesus, well, we'll want to obey him and to live for him. But anyone who's been a Christian for long at all will know that however hard we try, we keep messing up and failing Jesus again and again. And maybe you decide uh, you want to be kind to someone in your family, harder during lockdown maybe. And as hard as you try, you can't stop saying or doing things that are mean and unkind. Uh, Maybe there's some other sin that you're aware of in your life that you want to stop, but you just keep doing it. Or you want to begin doing something good, like reading your Bible and praying every day. And you start and, well, it lasts for a few days, maybe a few weeks, but you can't keep it up. And it can make us feel sad, even like just giving up altogether. What should we do when we keep failing at living for Jesus? Well, the very first followers of Jesus, his disciples, faced exactly that question. And in our Bible reading this morning, which we're going to hear read in three bits by Steffi, we're going to see the solution to their problem and our problem. It's not to try harder. It's not to give up. It's something else altogether, which we're going to see. And the first thing we see is that Jesus knows we're weak. Now, every time I say that this morning, maybe you do this with your fingers. Jesus knows we're weak. Now, I'm going to hand over to Steffi for the first of our three readings. Super. So our readings are in Mark chapter 14 this morning, and I'm going to start at verse 27. You will all fall away, Jesus told them. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. 
Peter declared, even if all fall away, I will not. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, today, yes, tonight, before the cock crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times. But Peter insisted emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the others said the same. Thanks, Steffi. Jesus told his disciples that they were all going to fall away. That means run away and fail Jesus. But Peter made Jesus a promise. He said, I will never do that. I will never do that. Even if all fall away, I will not. Now, here's a question for you to answer at home, okay? When Peter was saying that, who was his confidence in? Who was Peter's confidence in? That's right, his confidence was in himself, in Peter. He thought he was strong enough to keep doing the right thing, even when it got hard. But Jesus knows better. Jesus knows we're weak. Jesus told him he would fail three times. Truly I tell you today, yes, tonight, before the cock crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times, Jesus said. But Peter would not believe it, and said, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the others said the same. Jesus' first followers thought they were strong enough to follow Jesus even when it got hard. And sometimes we who follow Jesus today can think the same thing. But Jesus knows better because Jesus knows we're weak. The disciples thought they could do something really hard for Jesus. But as we're about to see in the next bit of our Bible reading, they couldn't even do something really easy, like stay awake for a little while. You see, Jesus knows something about us. Jesus knows we're weak. But in these next verses, Jesus shows we're strong. And this is our second action. Jesus shows we're strong. Now, back over to Steffi for the next bit of our reading. So still in Mark 14, picking back up in verse 32. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them, stay here and keep watch. Going a little further, He fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once more, he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough. The hour has come. Look. The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Thanks, Steffi. 
Now, this was the night before Jesus was going to be killed on a cross. Jesus knew that was going to happen, and they're in a place called the Garden of Gethsemane. It's dark, it's quiet, and Jesus is beginning to feel very sad and afraid about what is going to happen to him the next day. He says he's overwhelmed with sorrow. So he tells his disciples to keep watch, look out for trouble while he goes over here to pray. And then we get to listen in on what Jesus is praying to God the Father. He prays saying, Abba, Father, which means Daddy. You can do anything. Please take this cup away from me. Now, Jesus wasn't talking about a real cup like this one. It's picture language. And to understand it, we need to imagine that in that cup are all the sins of every person in all the world ever, along with all of God's right punishment for our sins. And Jesus knew that when he died the next day on the cross, it would hurt a lot in his body. Yes, of course. But much more than that, it would be much worse because it would be as though he was taking into himself all of that sin and all of the right punishment that our sins deserve. It would be like he was drinking all that cup into himself. And it would be awful. And so we asked God the Father to save him from that, to take that cup away so he wouldn't have to drink it. But Jesus shows he's strong by what he says next. Jesus says, yet not what I will, but what you will. That's another way of saying, Father, do what you want to happen, not what I want to happen. Even if that means me having to die on the cross and drink that cup. You know, we love Jesus. We want to obey him, but we're not strong enough to do it. But Jesus loves his father and wants to obey him and is strong enough to do it. He says, yet not what I will, but what you will. It's an amazing prayer that shows that Jesus is strong. But just after that amazing prayer, Jesus goes back to his disciples. And did you notice what he finds them doing? He had told them to keep watch and look out, but they're sleeping. So he wakes them up and he says to them this line. He says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You want to do the right thing, but you're not strong enough to do it. You're too weak. That's what we were thinking about at the start, isn't it? So Jesus tells them again to keep watch. He goes back to pray. He returns and what are they doing? They're sleeping again. And so he wakes them up. He goes back to pray. He comes back. And what does he find them doing? Sleeping again. And so he wakes them up and they don't know what to say to him. They're so embarrassed. However hard they try, they keep on failing. And it helps us to see how different Jesus is to us. We can't do something that's easy, but Jesus can do something that's hard. Jesus knows we're weak, but Jesus shows he's strong. And so thirdly, Jesus goes to die for us. That's our third action. Jesus goes to die for us. And I'm going to invite Steffi back up to read the last parts of our reading.
So verse 43 now. Just as he was speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, appeared. With him was a crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him and lead him away under guard. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Rabbi, and kissed him. The men seized Jesus and arrested him. Then one of those standing near drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Am I leading a rebellion, said Jesus, that you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I was with you teaching in the temple courts, and you did not arrest me. But the scriptures must be fulfilled. Then everyone deserted him and fled. Thanks, Steffi. This is the terrible moment when Jesus was arrested. Judas, one of Jesus' friends, one of the 12 disciples, had betrayed him and was handing him over to the chief priests and the religious leaders. They wanted to kill him, but Judas led them to exactly where Jesus was. And there they were with their swords and clubs and flaming torches. But it was still dark, and they wanted to be sure that they were arresting the right person. And so Judas showed them which one Jesus was by going over to him and kissing him. And then the soldiers grabbed Jesus, arrested him, and took him away. Now, Jesus knew that this was going to happen. He said that it was going to happen. He wasn't taken by surprise. He could have run away, but he didn't. He knew it was all part of God's good plan. And he's prayed, yet not what I will, but what you will. And so Jesus allowed those soldiers to take him away to die. But did you notice what the disciples did right at the end of that reading there? What did they do? It says, everyone deserted him and fled. They all ran away. And again, this helps us to see how different Jesus is to us. We run away from danger. Jesus goes to die for us. The very next day, they killed Jesus by nailing him on a wooden cross. Was this really part of God's plan? Yes, it was. Because Jesus knows we're weak, that we can't do the right things, that we will all fail again and again. He came and lived a perfect, obedient life and died in our place, taking into himself all of our sins and God's right punishment for sin. And that means that we can go free and forgiven. He did it because he loves us, and he wants us to be his forgiven friends forever. It is amazing love, isn't it? Jesus knows we're weak, but Jesus shows he's strong. And Jesus goes to die for us. So what should we do when we're failing at living for Jesus? Well, don't be surprised because we are weak. But also, don't be scared because Jesus is strong and he's died for you. It's good to try to live for Jesus because we love him, so don't give up. 
But don't be like Peter, putting your confidence in yourself, thinking, I can do it. Put your confidence in Jesus, who has already done it, who has lived a perfect life and taken your punishment on the cross. And so if at first you don't succeed, here's what you should do. Turn again to Jesus. And if at second you don't succeed, you know what you should do? Turn again to Jesus. And if at third you don't succeed, you've got it. Turn again to Jesus. Because even though we fail, Jesus will never fail us. Jesus knows we're weak. He shows he's strong. And he goes to die for us. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you that even though we fail you again and again because we're weak, you never fail us because you're strong. We're sorry that we sin and don't live the way that we should. And we pray for any of us this morning who's feeling really rubbish for failing Jesus again and again. And we thank you that you have died for us so that we can be your forgiven friends forever. Amen.